Conversation Hat Podcast. Welcome back to the Conversation Hat Podcast, where we promise Hello. not to talk about erections other than the stuff we just edited out. This is a ostensibly comedy podcast for geeks, artists, and terrible people. I consider myself all three of those. And here is my co-host, Ben. Fuck you. Thanks, best friend. Um, <laughs> <laughs> hey, Liam, how you doing? I, Hello, I'm fine, Hello, thank you. We are, re- we are recording very early May. This will probably go into your ears sometime in the middle of May. I'm just looking at my diary. Ah, oh, crap the bed. Um, I'm 30 when we're recording, but I'm going to be 31 when this is released. How's Ooh. that for maths? I know. Ooh. I didn't think I'd make it this far. Honestly, I had a midlife crisis at 11, so the fact that I made it past 22 is amazing. Um, I was told this by people in the pub. Uh, they would be like, oh, you know, when you hit 40, you'll think this. And yeah, I, I'm not going to get to 40. I went, yeah, I didn't think I would either. <laughs> and it's a real fucking surprise when you don't plan for it. Yeah, and now we're here and in lockdown, and yet someone's not paying my rent for me. I don't think that's fair. Whatever. Bastards. I guess this week we are welcoming back from episode heckin' 16, that is 16, we'd like to welcome back Jay Plant. Jay, how you doing, buddy? Hi, guys. I'm all right. How are you doing? Yeah, well, I mean, alive. Yeah. Um trying trying to hide my public coughs and sneezes yep it's just hay fever yeah I, i've not contracted anything is, is that the reason uh, for the hazmat suit i'm, I'm assuming that's yes yeah but, I okay mean, that, cool that, just wanted to just wanted to check amazing jay um last time we spoke episode 16 bloody years ago you were in a band called too cool kid how is too cool kid best segue in the world too cool kid is dead <laughs> Um, Yay. It has been replaced by Scatterchild, which continues my theme of choosing names with children in it. Don't read into that too much. Um, no, doing it. And uh, yeah, we've got a new EP coming out in May on uh, May the 22nd called Parallel Lines. Um, nice. Which is very exciting. We've got, uh, it's three tracks, um, two of which have got some great players from the Manchester scene on them. Um, our mate Ash from Sylvette, who's, uh, who we did listen to this uh, feature on actually, um, which is yeah. also on the Stab Panda uh, YouTube and we've also got Tom from Oyster Catcher, who are a band that uh, have supported us back when we were Too Cool Kid a couple of times. But yeah, so we've got a new EP, new name, a new sort of sound and drive. And one of the few good things about the lockdown is that it's given me lots of time to actually do work and promote it. So that's so that's something. But uh, but yeah, I'm good. I'm you know still doing as much music as possible. I'm now actively working with you to make content as well, which is a lot of fun. Yeah, so Jay alluded to uh, Listen to This, which is a YouTube series we've been doing. Uh, you've just sent me the files for number 10, I believe. So yeah, I think it, yeah, I think it's 10 now. I, I, I can't, yeah. I, think it's, I think it's 9 or 10 because we, we started them. We put the first one out in like March last year, I think. Oh, yeah, that sounds right. Yeah, uh, yeah so, so. Sort of roughly, approximately monthly. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Slightly yeah. less because I'm bad at organizing content. I'm not going to beat around the bush. Um, so listen to this is a really fun, kind of like a mini music review, kind of like a three-minute profile on a single artist or a band, and we, we play some music, we look at their pictures. Stuff. It's, it's a really fun, like, short-form thing that I think is really nice and kind of a little more accessible than writing blogs. Yeah, definitely. Uh, especially as a dyslexic, I don't like reading blogs. I just like watching videos yeah one, one of the you know, one of the uh, that's something that's come up a lot actually in comments that i've got from artists that i've got on board for it is that you know and i and this is coming from someone who works for you know who writes for like traditional written blogs as well as that a lot of the artists say like oh it's it's a much better way of conveying that information across because you know yeah. people are more interested in watching videos now it's short form but it packs a lot of info in and like you can get personality across and stuff and you get to actually hear the music straight away as well because like I like with embedded links where the onus is on the person on the website to like click through and actually, you know, you're basically getting ambushed with the music rather than having to like actively go out of your way to look for it. And then if you hear it and you're like, oh, I like this, then you'll go and do it, you know. So it's so it's it's, it's cool. I'm, I'm really enjoying doing them. I like to think of them as like they're like BBC four documentaries, but with no budget. And the only bands are the ones that I can scrounge together from my mates. So, you know, it's like who's in my yard. Let's get them. Yeah. <laughs> And the last thing I think we need to plug, um, should we talk a bit about Collabify? Oh, yes, absolutely. And then, and then yeah, yeah. we'll get a turn to talk. Yes. Um, <laughs> ben... I'm just enjoying the company. Aw, that's oh. sweet. 
Um, and because of the lockdown, we know you're being sincere yeah. as well. <laughs> like, you couldn't possibly be near people. So Collabavirus... Well, Jay, you started it. I'm going to let you talk about yeah, it. Yeah, uh, so, so Collabavirus, um, basically, once when the, when the lockdown... I think it was just before the lockdown was announced, it was once everything was ramping up and it was clear that coronavirus was going to hit everyone and hit everyone hard. Um, I basically started this project called Collabavirus, which um, the idea of it was basically that, well, you know... Um, collaboration and gigs and performance and writing music is the lifeblood of the music scene anywhere um but these days everyone's got a musical like everyone's got an interface at home that they can record stuff with um independent of other people so why not uh get people together online to collaborate on some music share samples share unfinished song ideas and try and put together some music with um a big group of people a lot of whom some of whom haven't ever even met before so we started this group up um, and it's called Collabavirus, uh, based on like a riff from... I, I posted a video basically saying, if anyone wants to do this, like, you know, let's get together and make a record or something. The idea being that like once it's done, um, we can put it out as a charity record to raise money for sufferers of coronavirus or the NHS or whatever. Um, still figuring that out. Um, so, yeah. So basically it's, it's you know, it's a, it's a big group of people getting together, throwing samples around and making music. And so far there's been some really cool results come out of it. We've got five or six semi-finished or finished songs now, I think. Um, oh, wow. With like a bunch of artists, um, a lot from Cambridge and some from up here in Manchester as well. Um, Liam's been really heavily involved with that as well and pushing people to get involved with that, which has been great as well. Um, but yeah, it's just a cool project that we're doing. And it's, it's good because it's not only like, it's uniting people and putting people in touch with other musicians they might not have otherwise come across. Um, but it's also, for me certainly, and I, I know I've spoken to other people that feel the same way, it, it's a really good thing to keep people busy and keep their minds active and, and feel like they're contributing something creative, you know, without having to, you know, having to do a, a like, you know, a live stream gig or the thing that everyone else is doing that I think a lot of people kind of feel is a bit futile, Um Whereas this is like we're actively creating something and using basically doing what I've always done as a musician, which is using the restrictions around me and f- saying like, right, what can we do with those restrictions? Because I, I I think that applying restrictions to yourself in a lot of cases can really breed creativity. It's creativity in the face of adversity. So, mm. um, but yeah, um, you know, and credit to you, Liam, you've been really involved with that, which has been brilliant. Yeah, I man. loved that live stream you did the other day. I have to I have to post that track that you're working on for that because the riff of that yeah, was yeah. sick. Um, was which one was that? The uh, it was the, the one. one where I, it was the one that where I stuck the image of the virus. No, um, <laughs> no, that it was the one with um, you were playing the eight string, and it was like a sort of funk based one. It was the one where you were streaming it on YouTube, and I was tuned in as well, and and throwing stupid oh, suggestions yeah. at you, like yo, play it at double speed, reverb it, like. Have I not uploaded that? I yet? don't think so, because you've got the the one I've. Oop. Yeah. <laughs> Oopsie. <laughs> but um but the other one you did is really right good as well. That. Um and I've got someone who's interested in putting some vocals on that too. So yeah, but yeah, it's 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 done, you know, people have got you know, people have really jumped on it and you know, that was the idea is to keep people the, happy. What I like about Collabavirus is that there's two sort of prevailing things that appear online when you're a creative person, when you're in those sort of um spheres of people and those kind of echo chambers. Like the the one thing of like if you're not being creative, if you haven't got an album or if you haven't got a new piece of art by the end of the lockdown, then what like, have you been doing? Artist, yeah. Which I really hate because it's like, you're not experiencing art. Therefore you're not experiencing the world. Therefore, how can you create art? Yeah. It's not how art works. Don't be a dick. Yeah. Um, and, and the other thing of like lots of people, I'm sure yourself included, like want to really want to make stuff or really want to be able to do that, but they just can't because you just have this mental, block so this kind of little group we've got has kind of allowed me to actually make something with a purpose and mm. kind of think oh i don't have to worry about it being perfect or being yeah because some trumpet player in new york's gonna like riff all over that yeah i think i think what's good about it as well is that there's no sort of pressure for it to be a huge you know odyssey or it doesn't have to be a perfect finished track because the as you say chances are if even if you put something up you're like oh, i'm not sure about this if someone else likes it, they'll pick it up and, and run with it and finish it off. And also, I think the other good thing as well is that, you know, there's different levels of like introvert and extrovert and people who want to be more actively involved than others. So even people who have just like put up, you know, one sample that's then been taken and turned into an entire song, you know, they can feel like they've made it. Well, 
they can feel like because they have they've made a big contribution to a piece of art yeah. being made um and all they had to do was you know put something of theirs out there so i, I think that's a hugely beneficial thing of of it and I've, I've seen people do that with stuff that i've put up um i've done that with stuff that other people have put up and it's 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 also a really good um creative exercise as well because you know just taking a random unconnected sample or even an unfinished demo and turning it into a full piece of music is pre- presents its own challenges um mm. and um and it can also encourage you it certainly encouraged me anyway to sort of go outside of your um you know the kind of unconscious like restrictions that you might set yourself if you think oh well you know so for example if i'm doing a scatter child song i'd be like okay well you know what's the drum part going to do in this like what could you know george our drummer play um you know what could this person do what could that person do whereas in the context of this you just go right i've got this and i've got the entire limitless potential of you know the software i've got in front of me but i'm also confined to this space so it makes you it sort of forces you to make creative decisions without overthinking them um Mm -hmm. so yeah but so anyway i've I've waffled on but it's no i love it if if people if people are listening who um want something else to do during lockdown and are creative and want to get involved um search for collabavirus on facebook um or there's links to it on um there's links to it on my band's page scatter child as well but i presume we'll put one in the description or something like yeah if you get truly lost you can find conversation Mm. and just ask us yeah exactly we're people we'll respond to yeah yeah i think the real question we've got to answer we've got to ask an answer about collaborators is how is ben going to get involved i think we need like i a was ben just sound sound pack or through something. all of this i was just thinking my god i wish i had any talent but just just fucking literally anything like even spoken word stuff like just just I'll just scream down the microphone yeah, just read some fucking poetry or something and and post it on and see if someone wants to whack it into like an ethereal you know think piece or something like. I mean, I've I've already written the harmony in my head, so like, yeah. Please do, just do like a free form kind of. Just start scatting, bro. Just scat. <laughs> yeah, man. No, I'll get in trouble for that. No, the other, no, not the German kind, the the jazz. Oh, kind. sorry, right. So the meta narrative of the podcast is that there's an interdimensional hat that gives us questions to answer, but like. I do we just ruin it and say I'm the only one with a hat in the room with questions in, or do we just? How do you want to do? Yeah, it's a shame we didn't because plan this beforehand because even... we could have done a video where, like, we pass the hats through like the different bits on the. We're on a Skype call. I don't want to spoil the magic yeah. of the podcast or anything. But damn it, <laughs> um, yeah, because I don't trust. It's Zoom. fine because even an eldritch demonic presence such as the hat knows to stay the fucking doors. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, it's it's not doing yeah. any temporal shifting because it doesn't want to get the fucking virus. No. no, amazing. I looked intently into my webcam there before realizing that this is the podcast and not the live stream, so people aren't going to notice that. It's all good. They'll, try. they'll, feel, they'll feel the intensity through your words. Yeah. Right. Shall I try I, and? They better do. I'll read a question then. Pull a question out the hat and then say what it says. That's the whole point of this podcast. Can vegans? eat lab-grown meat. That was hard to say. Can vegans eat lab-grown meat? That is a question from Dan Megson. Thank you very much, Dan Megson. Um, yes. Right. Depending on how it was... how it came from. Because if it's grown from plant-based stuff, sure. Yeah. Surely the principle... I mean, I'm just going to call out my friend Dan, who is a vegan. Um, Dan, hi, you're a vegan. Um... <laughs> It, it, what? How dare you? This is a running joke. I, me and Dan used to host a radio show together. Him recently becoming vegan is just a goldmine of of, um, of banter. But um, <laughs> from from my understanding of like you know, you know veganism, the the point of veganism is that you're not harming any animals. So on the on the mm. premise that like if it's the minimum amount of harm for them, a maximum amount of benefit. Like if you have to extract like a little bit of stem cells from a cow in order to grow infinite cow bounty which is like a coconut-flavoured cow variant. That's, um, a, that's a terrible chocolate bar. <laughs> it's it's the bottom of the... It, it goes at the bottom of the... Uh, it's the very bottom of the celebrations box, the cow-flavoured bounty. Um, <laughs> if you like... Get, if, you, if, you know, if they get to the point where they can get like a tiny vial of stem cells and use that to clone or grow, you know, burgers without even having to grow eyes or lungs or any of the mm-hmm. bit that actually makes the creature alive, then sure, why wouldn't... You know, why wouldn't vegans eat it? You know, it, it, it then becomes an issue of like not liking the flavour as opposed to not wanting the animals to suffer, which is a perfectly reasonable reason not to eat meat. Um, yeah. 
So yeah, sure. I mean, if I if I were a vegan, I'd chow down on a on a lab grown burger. Sure, why not? As a meat I mean, eater, I, think, I absolutely would. Mm, like, no I would. About it. Yeah, you'd you'd have to question at some point whether it was actually meat before you got to the point of, well, is this alive enough to be conscious? I think if you can get test tube, if you can get test tube babies, you can get lab grown burgers. Yeah, just as long as you don't that's, mix that's the two up. Them. I yeah, don't know, don't, you can't eat test tube babies. The other other white meat. Mm. <laughs> um, <laughs> I wonder if that means you could like grow barbecue ribs, so like they they come pre barbecued, like pre pre flavored. <laughs> yeah, man, you just got to get the you got to get the stem cell from the pig after it's been barbecued, and then you replicate that. So you, you're cutting out the whole barbecue process. So it's like it's like also, it's like a sure copy. It's basically a copy and paste job. That's that's what you're. That's what we we want from our stem cell also, food. And I wonder if you could um, programs the wrong word, but if you could tinker with the genetics so you don't have to get the bones in the ribs. Mm. Because I love ribs, but I hate meat on the bone for because I'm a mm. coward, I guess. But some people, um, but some people like so what something like say like a chicken leg. See, I would say yeah. that having the bone in the chicken leg oh, is yeah. like an integral part of eating a chicken leg. Because, you, you know... Yeah, you, same with the wings. Yeah, cause, yeah, exactly, and with wings as well. So whether or not it's the case that, like, maybe they could have, like, recyclable, like, reusable ones. So it's like a plastic bone, and then you grow the meat on that bone. That'd be great. Uh, I would I would prefer not to have single-use plastic chicken bones. Okay, but... No, you reuse it, you idiot. You dip it back in the in the test. Yeah, what if it were like if it were like oh, um, if it were oh, like sorry, plant if it were like plant plastic like, or something like candy floss. I didn't realise that the meat was being grown in our own house. Yeah, like candy floss. We've all got like a meaty candy floss machine. Okay, so you it's stick the stick. Well, that in, becomes like a Star Trek replica. Bits of flesh deal. get like stapled to it. Nom nom nom. Stick it back in. Mm. You shouldn't double dip without washing it. But no one's at home. You're not wearing any trousers. Who gives a shit? Yeah, there's a pandemic on. Chill That's out. True. Yeah, man. <laughs> Sticky knob in there. <laughs> <laughs> Grow your own girlfriend. Oh, can you imagine if someone gets drunk, puts their dick? We're already talking about dicks yeah. again. We're only twenty minutes in. It's it, it was inevitable. This is um, three white dudes someone's going to get drunk and put. Pussy. Let's be honest. A dude is going to get drunk and pop his knob in. Yep. And then he's going to have chicken wing dick. It's going to happen at like a frat party. Does that mean that his? Does that mean that? the chicken wing meat that's grown around his dick is part of him? Or is he part chicken? Or is he part plant? I mean, we're asking the big questions. This is, this is the stuff. This now, is, these are the kind of questions that drove Aristotle insane. Like, he, he would sit <laughs> he would sit on his veranda and, and ponder, well, is it a chicken dick or is it a man dick chicken? Like, how are we to know? <laughs> chicken dickers! Yeah. And that was how we got the first podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Except it wasn't available on iPods. It was just Aristotle on a hill. Yeah. I wonder if you put the penis in the cotton candy machine. What's a cotton candy machine? Don't worry. It's not integral to the whole story. Doing it for my podcast. What's a podcast? Don't worry about it. This is ancient Greece or something. Scan this QR code. Scan this QR code. (laughs) With what? Aristotle's gone insane. (laughs) He's gone mad. Wasn't it? I think it was Aristotle who said that flies only had four legs. And it was believed that they only had four legs for like sixty years because no one else bothered to check. Yeah, I feel that so energy. Too. Just, oh yeah, he he said it. He's normally right about this stuff. Yeah. So no one checked for generations. There was no, there was no Twitter back then to call out fake facts. <laughs> yeah, but we've got Boris Johnson as a prime minister. So like, are we really? <laughs> I like. The, I'm glad that we've mentioned Aristotle and Boris in the same breath. Yeah, he's pretty bad. Yeah. Um, I think we're all broadly in favour of this. Yeah, I mean, it got penisy pretty quickly, but I think like penises aside, we're into this. Yeah, I, I like. Yeah, yeah I... if if there was a, you know, if there was a development where I could have a burger with no guilt of an animal having to be reared and murdered and have its calf artificially inseminated, you know, mm. and chomp into that tasty lab-grown burger, knowing that the only thing that might have suffered might be human rights from the people that have been making the burgers, I'd be all right with that. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, but unless you are crazy, crazy vegan, then yeah, I would reckon it's okay. Yeah. I mean, if you're super duper vegan, you can't even have avocados mm. because yeah. they transport the bees. Mm. I think, I think that for me, the sticking point would be if, say, it's grown from stem cells, do the stem cells have to be regularly extracted from an animal? 
And if so... Yeah, how, how are the stem cells... Gone? Yeah, because if it's a case of, like, you get one stem cell, first of all, and then you just, a bit like... A bit like Django Fett in Attack of the Clones, you just use that to clone everyone, but you don't have to keep going back mm. and getting new samples because you've got the original sample and you're just cloning that, then probably fine. But if it's a case of like for every 500 stem burgers you get, you have to kill one cow, you know, or 5,000 or yeah. whatever, whatever the number is, like then it becomes a sort of, well, the animals are still suffering. And if the animals can suffer in small quantities, you can bet your ass that the corporations will find a way to make them suffer in huge quantities in order to create a vast supply of burgers that will never run out and it will probably make conditions worse. So I think that's the sticking point is that if it has to be that the minimum amount of animals can suffer compared to the system we have now. And I think, yeah. Well, I, I, I think that if, say, instead of 5 million cows, you have 500 cows mm. for the same yield of burger. Yeah. Those 500 cows will now have the space of the 5 million cows. Mm. So either they're going to have the same amount of space, those are going to be some very happy cows, or we have reduced a huge amount of space where we could plant trees. Mm. Or houses. Shut up, Liam. But that's a really good point. Sorry, that is trees or something nice but That's a good point as well, though, because if, like, if the amount of you know, farm, required farmland population, if the required, like, if the required amount of like, farmland reduces... As well as like, because obviously, if you can grow, if you can make five million burgers from one cow, you don't need forty acres of land. Like that, then creates an issue of when you know is that going to damage the environment because you will have people moving in and building giant flats and houses and stuff because they don't need to protect the space anymore because the excuse of oh well, we need the space to grow our food kind of thing kicks in. So that's another like it's it's a very multifaceted question. This I remember the last one being like, was it? vampires or werewolves which would win in a fight and i was like i had a lot to say about that but i have even more to say about yeah but then we were the cows are vegan king so, werewolf yeah man. yeah <laughs> his favorite color is gray because he's colorblind yeah it's a good song <laughs> yeah. i think we should probably rework that at some point jay i think that could be a good uh good use of our time yeah. <laughs> could we have a follow-up just vegan cows but it's exactly the same. It's like, the same song. It's just very similar, but about it's, the it's not. It's not even like well done. It's cows. just like just yeah. just cow. Just like werewolf has been substituted for vegan cow with like a really crap edit <laughs> <laughs> on like on like text to speech. Or what's the lowest effort? Just replace the word cat king with cow. Yeah, cow werewolf. Yeah, his favorite color Mo- is gray because he's colorblind. Um, I was trying to make him go awu and moo at the same time. It didn't work. Moo. That won't work. Like, I have another werewolves facet. going howl and cows going moo. It didn't happen. I have another facet. Um, well, so put it away. I'm going to go to the <laughs> doctor. God's about sake, this. there's children listening. So, I hope there's not, sincerely. So here's my facet, right? If there's cows in the world, which we know there are, um, and we need less cows because we're going to be doing this vegan lab-grown meat situation, what happens to all the excess cows? Because you're not going to be able to sell them because the value of cows Mm. will, like, plummet. That is something that I've often wondered when people are like, oh, we should stop eating meat. We're going to have to keep eating it for a bit Mm. because otherwise we're going to have billions of chickens, cows, and sheep. Mm. Yep. Some of them hanging about in fields, going wild or whatever is fine. I mean, I've got foxes, like, outside my window. There's this dude that comes and, like, drinks from the bird pond. Bird pond? Bird bath. Fish pond. Yeah. Fish he, pond. He drinks from it like between five and six every day. He's called Clive. He's lovely. He's really big. But like, if we, this is just when the people have stopped like leaving their houses for a few weeks. We get foxes in our garden again. And a badger. We've got a really thick badger. He's got a huge ass. It's really fun. Oh. He's called uh, Smithers. Anyway. Um, <laughs> does what, does Smithers in The Simpsons have a huge ass? Is that relevant or? Unrelated. Is Smithers um, secretly <laughs> dummy thick? Is that what we're suggesting? Yes. Well, uh, in some of the earlier episodes, he was black. Oh, yeah, he was. Sure. He was black with blue hair. Yeah, that was a... I think he had blue hair. So, yeah, yeah Smithers is black and white. Like, like Michael the, Jackson. Like like the badger. Um, so, what I'm wondering is, having people haven't been outside for, like, a few weeks, and there's foxes suddenly, like, if you combine that situation with the vegan lab-grown something-something situation, am I just going to get cows walking through my garden? Because they're really big I, mm, in person. Yeah, I don't think they'd get through the hole in the fence. 
They'd eat the hole in the fence and then walk through it. I think. I think, I think they'd find a way. I guess there would have to be. There would probably just be a massive drop off because the reason that there are so many cows is because farmers are constantly breeding them. But if there's no need to breed them anymore, then cows will only have as many babies as they actually like wants to have, as opposed to because cows are just kept yeah. pregnant constantly. That's you know one of the horrific things about it. They just keep artificially inseminating them, so they're in a perpetual cycle of always being pregnant. So like. If there's suddenly no more demand, then people will just be like, well, I don't need to keep making the cows pregnant. And then just then eventually there just would be a decline. The conversation hat. We've had a version of this question before, but I think there's one word here that makes this uh, stand out a little bit. So best animal for a sassy sidekick. For a sassy sidekick. So we've, we've definitely talked about like animal butlers and animal uh, companions before, but I think the important one here is sassy. Mm. Sassy sidekick. Now, your brain, possibly because you've mentioned it earlier, would be like a fox. Mm. That kind fox of creature is a pretty that's sly, sort of yeah. almost nat- yeah, naturally mm. has some sort of sass, mm. which makes me want to go completely the other way round. Okay. So to think of like the, the of a fox. dullest or just sort of slowest animal and have that as sassy. Well, it's a pigeon then, isn't it? Yeah. Just a sassy yeah, pigeon. I don't know. Have you? Did you ever watch? Um, BB, it was on BBC Three. It was a show called Mongrels. Oh yeah. Funny enough, a friend of mine was talking about it the other day. Yeah, I remember it vaguely. Yeah, it was really good. Um, it was like puppets, but they were there was a fox and a cat and some like back garden animals sort of thing. And there was the pigeon. Yeah. Who I think at one point she made like pipe bombs. She made the squirrel demoralizer, oh. which is just a nut. It's just a nut that sits in a tree, and whenever a squirrel goes near it, it just says that all of your friends hate you. <laughs> yeah, that's, so that was a pretty sassy pigeon. That's some classic BBC Three content right there. I think she used there used to sometimes be celebrity guests on, but she'd just kill them mm. without yeah. anyone else noticing. I think she killed Gary Barlow. Yay! Oh, thank God for that. Um. <laughs> I'm gonna. So say... yeah, actually, I'm I'm thinking sassy pigeon because that pigeon was pretty sassy. I'm trying to think what I'm trying to think what the sassiest pet I've ever had was. I'd I'd quite a few pretty adventurous hamsters, like that they would just escape constantly. <laughs> and we had one. We had we had this one hamster that we had my grandmother over to stay, and she woke up screaming in the middle of the night. And we walked in, turned the light on to find the hamster had escaped from its cage, got into the living room, into her room, and was sitting on top of her head. Like just just perched like <laughs> fucking what mate, like so you know maybe a sassy hamster. What did your What did your grandmother think was happening? I think she just thought I I think she just thought it was a rat or something, which I, I suppose it technically was, but she she didn't you know she was just like what the fuck oh my god there's something on my head there's something on my head you know. Um, I'd be sassy if my owner called me basically a rat. Mm. Um, I'm gonna say, I don't know how to pronounce this. I think it's. Cloaca. I'm gonna. I've posted a picture in the link. These guys. Cloaca. No, not a cloaca. You fucking psychopath. Cloaca. Quaker. Quaker. I'm thinking of oats. Quaker. Quaker's a duck. No, shut up. Look in the. Look in the thing. I can't. I don't understand how this works. Okay, there's a little text. Okay, there it is. There you go. Click on that. Oh my god, it's adorable. It's adorable, right? Imagine that calling you a fat bastard. That'd be the sassiest thing in the world. Yeah. Give it a little bow tie and like a cigarette. I could, I could see it wearing like a bandolier and it's like a kind of battle-scored Vietnam quacker. Yeah. <laughs> He's seen something. Like he has flashbacks to the great quacker massacre of 66. Uh, for the listeners, it's Q-U-O-K-K-A. They are adorable. They're kind of like a capybara, like a wombat type situation mm. and they just they look like they're smiling constantly for some reason it's very sweet that's just the shape of their skull so we've got a cloaca we've got a pigeon and what was the other one uh i don't think i, I don't think i kind of stuck a flagpole in anyone i just i think the classic just a sassy cat because cats just hate humans and i feel like a cat given the burden of having to talk would just be really pissed off at having to like accompany me on adventures it, it just want to go for like naps and stuff you know yeah yeah, and it, so it'd be then, like Gar, it's almost like Garfield. Yeah, yeah. So with the whole point of the show that you're in, whatever animated series it is, is you're basically trying to get the cat to go on an adventure, and he just keeps telling you to do. One. In my mind, it's like a kind of, it's kind of like a post-apocalyptic thing, and the cat's like, mm-hmm. just like 
just so pissed off with the whole thing. And I'm just like, kind of, well, you know, we've got to get to the sanctuary or whatever. And the cat's like, can we just stay here? I was like, well, there's no food. The sanctuary. Well, there's no f- You're going to put him up for adoption, aren't you? Yeah. <laughs> Plot twist. <laughs> I'm the real villain. <laughs> and then like it's like end season finale i get to the sanctuary and i'm about to sign the adoption form it's like no we've been through too much remember that remember that homeless guy we killed with a baseball bat and the cat was like oh uh, man that was fun i really enjoyed eating his eating his corpse and i was like yeah those were good times all right we'll renew this for 12 more seasons until it gets boring uh, and we don't write a conclusive ending like most american sitcoms like we'll keep going they bring in a th- they bring in a third mm. character for a series yeah yeah and it doesn't pan out and they just don't mention it yeah again. It's just gone. Yeah. It's uh, Scrubs Season 9 Syndrome. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> That's the noise of someone which sad, who sad, the joke. Which sad, Sam Elliott, um, Sam, um, Sam Lloyd died this week, which I was yeah, really man. sad to hear. Ted. Yeah, that sucks. sucks. I was going to go and see him uh, and his um, a cappella band many many years ago with a girlfriend in wales but we split up beforehand so i didn't go oh. the yarns you weave the conversation the conversation the conversation the conversation worst gig you ever played Ooh. slash clients you ever had slash show you ever recorded We've truly covered all the bases there. No one is safe. Yeah. Right. Good God. Um, I mean, there's um, so many. I've got so many bad. There's two to me that stand out the most in terms of gigs that I've been involved with that have either gone horribly wrong for me or have been horrible because of the other bands that I've been playing with. Yeah. Um, one of them, and I won't name the name, but it was a touring. It was a touring group. Um, it was a touring psychedelic band, um, and. Basically, I got in touch with them because they were playing in Manchester where I live um, and they were playing a venue that I knew really well. And I basically got in touch with them and said, hey, you know, I see you're playing in this like venue. I know it really well. You know, would you like some help getting together some support acts? Um, and they're like, yeah, that sounds great. So I basically I wrangled, you know, a bunch of my mates to be support acts for the band. Um, on the day of the show, the headline band were just so apocalyptically like rude and disorganized. Like they showed up. They showed up for their sound check and they took something like four hours to get set up. Oh my God. And it was like, uh-uh. and it was like, it got to the point where it was like half an hour before doors and none of the other bands had sound checked. And they're all standing around and I'm the one having to like say to them, I'm really sorry about this. Like, I don't know what the fuck this, these guys are playing at. Yeah. You know, and they wouldn't let anyone like, you know, share any of their kits or anything. <laughs> and they were like so rude and dismissive to all the other bands. And they were just acting like, they were acting like they were, you know, very prima donna kind of Led Zeppelin type behavior. You're like, oh no, yeah, we're we're a touring band, and you know, you guys ain't shit. Even though, like, not a single they sound like dicks. Yeah, and, and yeah. but but the funny thing as well was that not a single person who was at that gig was there to see them. Every single person who came to that gig was there because either I'd invited them because my band were playing, or they were coming to see the other bands that I'd hired to come and play. So like. Yeah. <laughs> All of like the, the and, and like one of the bands had to drop out as well because they were like, well, if we can't do a sound check, we can't play because our setup's really complicated. I was like, that's totally fair enough. I'm really sorry yeah. you had to waste yeah, your yeah. time, but they stuck around as well. So basically, it was all it was all it was an awful experience with that band, but it kind of became funny because after that point, all of us and the rest of the other guys in the, in the bands were just like, well, sod it, this is our show now, so we'll treat it like our show. You know, we'll have a laugh. So we just we 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 all played really good sets. The band we we stuck around for a bit of the, the headline band set, but we just took the piss the whole time, like doing stupid fake dancing, and they were doing all this stuff like trying to get the crowd involved. But everyone in the crowd knew that they'd acted like prima donna cunts, so we were just like, so it was a yeah, it was kind of like a, it was kind of it sucked, but it was kind of a victory. And I remember their manager coming up to me afterwards and be like, "Oh, thanks so much for all your help," and I was like, "Yeah, you're fucking welcome." Like I pulled, I pulled a fucking, you know. 50 strong crowd out of my ass for you and your band acted like a bunch of babies you know like it was it was you know so i've i've yeah i've i've boycotted them ever since it's interesting like i i used to run a whole bunch of gigs like way way back in the day wasn't good at it that didn't stop me and you could always work out how like back in the day if bands were doing their own promotion and they were doing their own touring and they weren't like with a management company or promoters or anything Mm. like you could work out 
oh, it's because no one wants to work with them. Mm. That makes perfect sense. Um, so, like, it and it, and it, it makes a lot of sense now that the job of promoter that I fulfilled basically doesn't exist anymore because most bands will have someone that plugs gigs for them yeah. and will like find intermediaries and like, like act as an intermediary. So I was like one extra step of middleman that we don't need mm. anymore. But that was like certainly ten years ago. You could really tell what bands to not work with. Yeah. Like, yeah, you're touring, but like I don't see any like uh promotion companies yeah. on that poster. So like I tend not to trust you. It's it's a different paradigm now. I've I've gotta add that. But Yeah. Like, the thing with it as well is that like it's so disheartening when you do come across bands like that because the majority of musicians I've met are really lovely people. Like the vast yeah. majority that I've played with or collaborated with or, you know, even been on the same radio shows as are really lovely people and it's always lovely to chat with them and talk to them about music. Yeah. But then you come across that like one group of dickheads and it just kind of sours the whole like you just kind of think, oh man, these kind of people exist and that sucks, you know. Yeah. Um, is is this what touring music is actually gonna be like? Is this the kind well, yeah. of actually want? And it's you yeah. know, and it's not because the, the you know, I'm an optimist. I think the majority of musicians are, are, are rather lovely, but you know, you do get yeah. the odd you do get the odd bunch of pricks. And it's always a bit of like, oh, well, you know, this was going to happen, but whatever, you know. I mean, that's one of the reasons that, like, I've always tried to be as independent as I can, mm. like running my own record labels, like running my own blogs, all that kind of stuff is because I don't want to have to lean on someone that turns out to be a bell end. Yeah. Um, it's maybe why I haven't gotten very far, but like, I'm happy. So whatever. Yeah. Um, ben, have you got any gigs, shows, episodes? The one that sticks in my mind the most is probably it sticks in my mind the most because I kind of fucked up. Mm-hmm. So I was doing um, Ox Jam, which is like a big gig thing for um, raising money for Oxfam. And some of my friends asked if I wanted to do it, and I was like, sure. They were like, you know some bands, and we need a load of bands to play all these gigs. We're going to do a load of gigs around Cambridge. And I said, sure. And I got got on the phone to a load of my friends going, hey, come and do this. Then it turned out that what the job I'd actually accepted was not only finding them all, but making sure that they were all at the right place at the right time Mm. over about six or seven different pubs around Cambridge on the Ah. same evening, which is not the same as just ringing up some of your mates and saying, do you want to go and do this? I was then... Like, when everything had started off, I was in one particular venue. I'd been working for many, many hours, and I almost got the name of the first band that I introduced wrong. So on top of all that tiredness, big old punch to the confidence and certainty. Fortunately, I was in quite a small group, and it was more like acoustic things. It was very relaxed sort of thing. So I could just sort of wander up and go, that was them, now these guys. But I remember just sort of taking that hit as going, oh, I nearly called this band the wrong band. Then every, then that's going to... Huh. Mm. Even if everyone forgets it, they're not going to forget it in my mind. They all hate me. I want to go away. Yeah. So that yeah. kind of sucked. Yeah. Yeah. Those um, those like on-the-spot embarrassment situations are the worst. The, the other um, one that, so that has happened specifically, specifically to me that came to my mind was... Um, I was a teenager. It was one of my first bands that I was in. I think I must have been about like 15, 16 or something. Maybe younger, actually, maybe like 14. Um, My school used to do this uh, yearly thing called Charities Week. Like around Christmas, they'd do a bunch of like, you know, panel shows and variety shows and like, you know, stuff to raise money for charity, basically. Mm -hmm. Um, And one of them at the time, for whatever reason, I think because like we were the first band in like my year group to sort of emerge and be like, we've done like a couple of gigs in a couple of pubs and bits and pieces, you know, we're a proper band. So we were chosen to be the opening band, the opening act for this massive variety show that was being performed in front of the entire school, like an audience of like 500 people or something. And um, mm. the idea was that the, the uh, whoever was presenter would, Start the conversation. Would start presenting. Say welcome to the show, um, and uh, you know, get ready for a great night. And then we would start playing. The curtains would open, and we'd launch into our first song, and that would be how it opened. Which yeah. all sounded great in principle. What ended up happening was we got there, 
the sound tech who was doing it was a bit of an idiot. Um, he was trying his best, but he was a he was an idiot, and he didn't give us a sound check, which meant that what ended up happening is that I didn't discover that there was a fault with my pedal board, which if, if for those of you that listen that don't play guitar, which whatever pedal board is basically, it's like a, a audio unit that sits at your feet that you use to turn on distortion effects and stuff that manipulates your guitar sound. So turns out there was a, it's literally the most, important it's literally the most important thing next to the guitar and the amp. If, if you're using effects, like if you're using the right effects, they can make their own. Well, it will, it will exactly. So because we didn't have a sound check, I didn't know and hadn't been able to test that there was a fault with my pedal board. So what ended up happening was the presenter came out, said, hello, and welcome to the talent show. And now playing for you live is, I think it was entry eight, the band was called. Here's entry eight. The curtains opened. We started playing. And then all the sound from my guitar cut out because what had happened was it had fucking tripped a fuse in the building. Uh. So uh-huh. all of the sound on stage completely cut out except for the drums in the middle of like yes. the first fo- the first bar of the song. And it was yes. like, Ooh. I've never been more embarrassed in my life because I just stood there like, and I looked at the sound guy and the guy looked like he just had a heart attack. He was just like, you know, scrabbling about trying to fix it. And I was like, this is your fault. And I look like an idiot now. And this is awful, <laughs> <laughs> you know. So that was, that was, yeah, that's my that's most embarrassing bad. moment on stage, I think. Well, you, before you say, Liam, if I can ask you, because obviously because you work in yeah. a school, um, yes. I'm sure you can attest to this, that in my experience, especially with doing kind of events where teachers are involved, is that, you know, teachers, like all ordinary people, are fucking wild cards. And you sometimes mm-hmm. you just get those teachers who you put them in front of a group of people and they just turn into total lunatics. Yep. Like like we had a we had a music teacher like that in my school who would like regularly turn up in non-uniform day in like a full-on spider-man costume or something uh-huh. like properly uh-huh. like over the top we tend not to let teachers do any kind of performance mm. <laughs> for that reason that's like a that that's uh, a rule from experience i'd imagine i think mm. so like and cut the ethos is very much at our place that like um why would you get teachers to perform something when actually like you can get students to perform something non-uniform days i think having teachers going full crazy is like part of the joy yeah and if it gives the kids a laugh like and is low effort then yeah whatever um we we did have a couple ones where like i think this was before my time there but like there's a really funny story of um a particularly eccentric teacher playing uh the trombone part for under the sea um for like a one-off charity thing now there's two crucial bits of information number one under the sea doesn't have a trombone number two (laughs) this teacher couldn't play trombone (laughs) trombone is hard i I don't believe trombone's a real (laughs) instrument i think the people who do play trombone are just making it up I mean, I've got a plastic trombone behind me, and it's purple and not a euphemism. It's bloody hard. <laughs> like to make any noise yeah. is really hard. Um, yeah. So that happened, but I think that's the sort of thing where it's like you kind of encourage that level of wackiness mm. because, like, it's a bit of fun. I'm trying to think of like really awful things I've been involved with, and there is so many. Like, I um, I used to do occasional bits of lighting tech here and there, but like, I get quite anxious about performing tech because like it feels like the whole show kind of sits on your shoulders yeah. and like stuff will go wrong or whatever um so like i do it occasionally when i have to for work but i don't love it um there was this one time i was doing sound uh lighting tech sort of more as a freelancer and like it wasn't an amazing set of kit it basically worked but like it was an old lighting desk so it would do weird stuff it was like one of the earliest digital lighting desks so back in the days when computers would do for no reason Mm. they would just do whatever they wanted and it's not like now where windows 10 does something stupid it's because you told it to do something stupid it just had its own mind so like Mm -hmm. there was a bit where there was a cue for the lights to change and it was like really young kids in in the um show so like primary school age kids and they were waiting for the cue of the lighting to change before the next line of dialogue happened and the previous cue was music so the music happened the kids were waiting for the lighting and the desk crashes 
the lighting desk just right. stops responding. And like, so I'm there like trying to work out number one, what has happened? Number two, how do I fix that thing? And the the bit that really annoys me and still gives me like flashbacks, like when I'm trying to just go to sleep and it's five years later, I shouldn't still be annoyed about this, um, is that the teachers who were in charge of this group of kids were obviously getting really antsy and like the parents were getting antsy, not as antsy as me, but like everyone was getting a bit ratchety. But like the assumption was that I had missed my cue. Mm. So like I had parents going around just like, I think there's supposed to be a, a lighting change. I think you may have missed a cue. And I was like, you can fuck off and then fuck off again when you get there. Yeah. Do you not see me pulling on all these cables? Eat a dick. It was like... The, it, the hardest it's ever been for me to not swear in a whole bunch of people's faces. Yeah. Because it's like, I know what I'm doing. But this isn't working. Yeah. And you're not paying me Did you me manage to get it to, back like, up and running? Running. running? That's the like... Oh, yeah. Everyone had to sit patiently whilst I rebooted the 10-year-old lighting desk. How long did it take? Like 20 minutes. Ooh. Yeah, it was pretty bad. I mean, you have to bear... Like, to be... And I wasn't even sorry. To be... I didn't apologize. To be fair, from a parent's point of view... They probably already had to sit through like an hour of recorder recitals and like yep. kids singing out of tune. So twenty minutes to to wait for a twenty minutes sat in the dark yeah. is bliss. Twenty yeah. minutes quiet. Yeah, yeah, lovely. Um, so that that was pretty bad. <laughs> Pull your trousers up, you fucking Tory. Um, <laughs> no excuse. <laughs> I mean, that's going to be going on the list of possible show titles. Conversation. Jay, this is a new tradition we we forgot to mention. All right. Because we're bad. Um, So throughout the show, I'm writing down funny little bits that could be used as show titles. Mm. Um, So we're going to go through them and sort of democratically elect a uh, title for this episode. 76, 75? Not sure. Several. All right. so we've got Sassy Quacker. Wow, that's almost 60 episodes since you were last on. That's insane. <laughs> uh, sassy Quacker, Sassy Pigeon or Sassy Cat. Um, cow Bounty or cl- Cow Flavoured <laughs> Bounty. And Pull Up Your Trousers, You Tory. I think Pull Up Your Trousers, You Tory is, is my personal favourite. I do like Pull Up Trousers, You Tory, but I really like Cow Bounty. It just rolls yeah. off the tongue quite... Um. Well, I'll tell you what, we, pull, can, pull, we can go... Pull up your trousers. Do you think pull up your trousers? I think pull up your trousers. Because we could have pull up your trousers, you Tory, as like a, a quote from the episode mm. for marketing purposes. And then Cow Bounty could be like the snappy title. Perhaps. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I think Cow Bounty is sounds better as a... As an episode Snappy, title. snappy. But I, but I do love... Pull up your trousers, you fucking Tory. Um, amazing. So what's going to happen now, ladies and gentlemen, is we're going to turn off the recording and then we're going to start a brand new recording right. and you're not invited. Um, that's actually Unless not... you're a patron. I mean, you are invited. invited. It's, just that... That. it's just that we've put a paywall in front of it because times is hard, you feel me? Um, so if you want to see whatever <laughs> the next question is, if you want to listen to that, uh, if you enjoyed this, but you feel like you want more and it's worth, oh, I don't know, a dollar a month, uh, head over to patreon.com forward slash. I'm going to check the URL again, man, because I keep getting it wrong. That's a really weird website. Eat your mum. Uh, patreon.com forward slash conversation hat. Um, it only takes a dollar and you get early access to every episode by a week and you get uh, a bonus mini episode as well that is exclusive to you Jay, and if you give okay. us more money we give you more shit mo yeah, money mo problems no yeah. Yeah. mo farah mo merchandise that merchandise was, I mean you're not wrong merchandise for the cows uh, while Ben has a stroke uh, Jay where can people find you online that is if a, they want to see your face and stuff that is a really good question because I haven't memorised the new URL for my band's name yet um, the your Moo Plent, URL you're Jay Plent on Twitter man. I am I'm at Jay Plent on Twitter but I'm not on Twitter super much I'm at I'm at Plenty underscore sound on uh, Instagram and stuff my band is Scatterchild UK on pretty much everything Facebook Instagram Twitter whatever 
Um, so Scatterchild is Scatterchild is my band. So check them out. Um, Collaborovirus is a project that me and Liam are working on to get people to collaborate and isolate um, in amidst this crazy Corona thing, which might be over by the time this comes out. Who knows if some miracle yeah. cure comes out? But um, yeah, Scatterchild UK for everything. I'm Jay Plant, um, and uh, yeah, uh, Scat. Oh, and uh, Scatterchild have a new EP coming out on May 22nd called Parallel Lines. Uh, it's three tracks. Uh, it'll be out on Spotify, Bandcamp iTunes, Apple Music, all the usual places. Scatterchild, Parallel Lines, twenty uh, second of May. I I have a plug. Uh, I have a single coming out tomorrow, <laughs> which uh, May May eighth. It's not tomorrow. It will be. This will be in the past. Yes. If you're listening on Patreon or public, or the future, if you're one of us. What? Yes. So you can find. Put it over there, comma nerd on spotify put it over there is all one word because i don't want to talk it about is. it it just is put it over there one word comma nerd uh the band is the musical endeavor and it will be on spotify and everything it's weird funk there you go weird funk thank you for listening to the conversation at podcast there's about to be an advert probably for patreon um this has been fun you can find all of us at the places we said I don't have anything to plug. Do you not? No. You should see the doctor then. What? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much, ladies and thanks gentlemen. Thanks for coming on, Jay. Thanks for, thanks yeah, for having me. It's been a laugh. <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, we will see you next time. Toodaloo. Bye. See you soon. Bye. Thank you for listening to and presumably enjoying the Conversation Hat podcast. We've chosen to put this, the only advert, at the very end of the show because we wanted to specifically target the people who enjoy the Conversation App podcast the most. And the fact that you're still listening, even though the episode has actually finished, well, that leads me to believe that you're exactly the people I want to talk to. The Conversation App podcast, and indeed everything we do here at Odd Creative, is an entirely independent operation. So please bear in mind that even though we don't get paid for doing these episodes, that doesn't mean they're not work. So we're asking you, our most dedicated listeners, to consider what you think this show is worth. If it's worth around one American dollar, which, I mean, it is at least worth that, then do consider subscribing to our Patreon. A Patreon subscription to the Conversation Hat podcast is a monthly recurring payment of pretty much however much you want to send us. For one dollar or more every month, you get early access to our recurring recorded episodes. You also get access to an additional patrons-only mini-podcast, so something that only people who subscribe to our Patreon will be able to hear. Which is really exciting for us, because it means that we can be really super gross, and only our most dedicated listeners will ever hear it. That's kind of fun. So if that sounds interesting to you, please go to patreon.com forward slash conversation and see what else we have on offer. Thank you for your time.